0: Hi, welcome back to Eco Chic. My name is Laura Diaz. It is so great to see you here today. I've been wanting to make an episode like this one for a while, and I'm so excited that we're getting to it. Today, I'm titling this episode the Eco Chic Summer Reading List, but this is definitely a collection of books that you can read all year long. For whatever reason, I feel like I read more in the summertime. I definitely read a lot around the holiday season too, like Christmas time when I'm sitting on my mom's couch, but there's something about just being in a little beach chair or sitting on the patio when the weather's nice with a good book that I love. So I feel like this is really me entering my reading season and if that's your time as well, I hope this list gets you going. If you are interested in getting into environmental topics, I hope this collection of books gives you a place to start. And I'll also say that a lot of the books that I'm including in today's episode, in today's list, are books that I've spoken about before on the show. So either I've had dedicated episodes to some of these books, uh, book club episodes, or I've just mentioned them in the past, whatever it may be. So I will have in the show notes links to more episodes about more specific books. If you're interested in hearing more reflections with a guest, if you're interested in breaking those topics down a little bit further. Now, I'll also say that I'm only including in today's episode books that I've read and would highly recommend. So everything I'm mentioning today, again, are books that I've read. I will include at the end maybe some books that I haven't read that are on my summer reading list personally. And I also did my best to keep the books on today's list as generally environmental as possible. So while I'm personally interested in books that are more specific about perhaps water or drought or fashion or beauty or things like that, I tried to keep today's list as top level as I could so that you could find a place to start and then dive deeper into those topics but let's just get into it I'm so excited I broke today's list into three categories fiction non-fiction and memoir I know that memoir is a non-fiction category but selfishly that's my favorite category those are the books that I read the most that I'm most drawn to so I decided to make it its own little subcategory within nonfiction today we're gonna start today in the fiction category. I feel like if you are not a reader, a fiction book is the place to start. You want a story that's going to really engross you and just kick off that little reading kick. The first fiction book I'm recommending here is called Wayward by Amelia Hart. Wayward is a book that just came out a few months ago. I read this in my real life book club and everyone in the book club absolutely loved it. It's a novel told between three perspectives of three women within the same familial line. So one woman is in the 1600s. She's accused of witchcraft. And then there are two other women that are in much more recent times in the 1940s. And then I think there's one in the mid 2000s. And all of the women have really deep connections with nature, or they have really in-tune senses with the environment physically around them. There's a lot of elements of animals and bugs, and there's a lot of really beautiful descriptions of nature. So the nature kind of feels like its fourth character in this particular book. So I highly recommend it if you're interested in something that's a little supernatural, dare I say. It definitely has very, very strong environmental elements, but it's not like a story about the environment, if that makes sense. It's a really beautiful story of female resilience, of the natural world, the power of the natural world, and then also just women over time. So there's really strong, of course, like feminist narratives and then again really strong narratives of the psychological elements of just being in nature, being in touch with nature, being well aware of the world around you. I rated this 5 stars. I really think anyone would like it. It was a book of the month a few months ago as well, so if you are a book of the month member, you can find this as an add-on now. That's how I got my copy. I can also link my book of the month code in the show notes. It's not a sponsor code at all. It's just like a code that everyone gets if you want to give a friend a free book or your book for $5. I will go ahead and put my code in the show notes too if you wanna try that out. The second fiction book I'm recommending is Migrations by Charlotte McConnie. Migrations is a book that I read with Jessica Clifton for a book club episode here. So of course I'll link that in the show notes as well. It's a really beautiful novel of this, I feel like I'm using the word beautiful to describe all of these stories but trust me, it's very, very descriptive. I feel like beautiful is the word. It is the story of a woman who loses her husband. She and her husband were both researchers following an Arctic turn, which is the bird with the longest migration pattern. After her husband dies, she is really dedicated to following these birds on what she believes, I believe, is their last migration. So she goes to Greenland, she goes to the Arctic, she goes to Antarctica, And the book is the whole journey of her following, again, the migration pattern of these birds. It's definitely true climate fiction because the world is warming. They're concerned about this being the last possible migration ever of the Arctic tern And there are definitely some interesting personal, more typical fiction narratives also in this book. So there's a little bit of love, a little bit of family, a little bit of crime, but the overall story is about her chasing these birds over again, what she believes is their last migration in the world of climate change. This is true climate fiction, but it's told in the most digestible, engrossing way possible. This was a book I absolutely loved and I rated this five stars too. Dipping into the nonfiction category, this is the category that I have the most environmental books for. I feel like that's kind of a given, but I'm gonna start off with a cult classic that I would be definitely punished for not including in the summer reading list. Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. This was a book that I also read for a book club episode. I'll link it in the show notes, but Braiding Sweetgrass is really a cult classic environmental book. The author is a member of an indigenous nation, and she is also a botanist in a formal academic setting. I believe she works at a university. And Braiding Sweetgrass is this poetic reflection of the author comparing words and indigenous wisdom and learnings that she had grown up with to the way that we currently discuss our physical environments, the way that we discuss nature in the Western world. So it's this really interesting take on how knowledge is brought together and how knowledge is shared. What is the value of language? What is the value of the environment beyond its resources? So again, really insightful, really thoughtful. If you've never read anything deeply on indigenous wisdom, I would highly recommend this book. I will say I had a harder time getting through this than I expected to, but just because of the way that it's written, again, it's very poetic, so just give yourself some time to digest the material. But overall, it's a book that really sticks with you. I feel like this is a book that gets people into the environmental movement and into caring about nature, so definitely impactful. And again, it's a cult classic for a reason. If you're looking for something a little bit more introductory into climate change information, I would recommend How to Avoid a Climate Disaster by Bill Gates. When this book came out, it was a little bit of a shocker, and there were definitely people in the environmental movement that were not interested in reading a book written by a billionaire on climate change. This was a book that I read for book club that I wasn't expecting to like as much as I did. I really, really liked this book. I think that this is a wonderful introduction to climate change from a data perspective, if you are interested in frankly learning more about the science of climate change. There are some great graphs in the book. There are really great detailed explanations Really good citation. So again, it's a science book. It's quite literally a research book, but it's shockingly digestible, shockingly easy to read. And this was a book that I recommended to quite a few people after I read it that were just interested in learning about climate change. So people who are not necessarily deep into the movement, this is kind of the perfect introduction to the actual science of what's going on right now. Now, a similarly wonderful introduction, but more on the sustainable living side, more on the personal choice side, is the book Give a Shit by Ashley Piper. This was one of the very first episodes I ever put out on the show, was discussing this book with Ashley Piper, and then she's been on the show multiple times since. Give a Shit has become required reading materials at multiple college campuses. It has become part of curriculums for a reason. It's a really great overview of sustainable living. So why is it that you want to change your personal actions for the sake of environmental sustainability for eco-conscious living? Ashley Piper gives you the background on why each of her subcategories matter. So whether that's food, composting, creating waste, what you clean with, what you wear, this really wonderful overview of your lifestyle categories, how to get started and why getting started even matters. This is a great book to pick up if you are looking for an introduction to sustainable living in general. I think living sustainably is really overwhelming at first because there's a lot of places you can start, food, fashion, whatever it may be. But this is again, an overview. This gives you a place to start in whatever category you're looking for and it gives you really actionable tips. There are even recipes, she gives you how to's. This is a great book for anyone interested in just starting to live a more eco-conscious lifestyle quick break to tell you about green chef green chef is the most delicious the most versatile the most customizable the easiest to prep the most sustainable meal kit on the market it is a truly fabulous addition to your home routine i just mentioned how customizable green chef is they have options for every single lifestyle keto protein packed vegan vegetarian fast and fit gluten-free i get the mediterranean You even have the option to mix and match meals from different dietary preferences within the same box without even changing your plan. There's over 50 weekly menu and market items to choose from. Green Chef is also the only meal kit that's both carbon and plastic offset. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions to your door as well as 100% of the plastic in every single box. And nearly all the packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most areas of the US. With Green Chef, you're reducing your waste by up to 23% versus traditional grocery shopping. I've spoken before how much I love Green Chef for the actual experience of cooking a meal at home, whether you're with a friend or alone or with your partner, just having a really delicious home cooked meal on a weeknight is a fun activity. And then of course it's a super healthy, super delicious meal afterwards, especially now that it's getting warmer. I wanna sit on the porch. I wanna listen to some James Taylor radio in the background. It's just a great time to make a Green Chef meal. I also have been traveling a lot, a lot. So it's great to have a Green Chef meal when I get home because I don't have to go to the grocery store. I don't have to think about what meals I'm gonna come up with, with whatever's left over in my pantry. I can choose my meals ahead of time and I know I'm gonna have something fresh and healthy and delicious waiting for me when I get home. And I feel like I have really elevated my cooking, like I've really learned how to cook by creating Green Chef meals, because there's a lot of things that I wouldn't normally think of as a home cook, like adding garnishes or making different sauces or the pairings of different protein options and vegetable options. It's really so great in the moment, and then you realize that you're becoming well-versed in the kitchen because of these delicious meals that you're creating through Green Chef. So I know you've been thinking about it. This is the time to check it out. Go to greenchef.com slash ecochic60 and use code ecochic60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Again, that's greenchef.com slash ecochic60 and use code ecochic60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. I absolutely love it. I know that you're gonna love it. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. I will have it linked in the show notes. Now back to the show. Now the next two books in the nonfiction category that I'm going to share are more subcategories within the environmental movement. So first up, I have Let My People Go Surfing by Yvonne Chouinard. The author is the founder of Patagonia and the book really takes you through the inception of Patagonia as a business really founded to solve the personal challenges around climbing and then how it became the global brand that it is today and how the brand has continued to really keep the planet in mind with everything it does. It is kind of the manual for sustainable business practices. I also read this for a book club episode that I can link in the show notes. There are some really great photos in this book too, which make it even more fun to read. And it's definitely written like a manual. The copy that I have of Let My People Go Surfing, I actually got from a friend who was required to read it in college for a class. This book introduces you to the business concept that people, planet, and profit can all exist simultaneously, which is kind of novel in the business world, I would say, if I, if I may. But I also think that this is a really interesting take on entrepreneurship. So if you are truly creating a product that is solving a personal problem, there are other ways for you to scale that. There are other people who need that solution. If you're interested in anything remotely business related like if you are a person who loves watching shark tank you will enjoy this book it is written really conversationally and it's also very raw so the author has no problem pointing out challenges or mistakes that they made and again really taking you through the details of how patagonia went from creating climbing gear to being the business that it is today Even if you yourself are not a business person, I feel like this is such great reading to better understand the businesses that you do support. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions—that's Wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. The other nonfiction book I want to recommend that is on a little bit of a subcategory of climate change is "Consumed" by Aja Barber. "Consumed" is a wildly impactful book. It was highly anticipated in the sustainable fashion space. And I have heard nothing but absolutely glowing reviews about this book. I myself gave it five stars, and I read this for Book Club episode two with someone who absolutely loved it. The subline of consumed is on colonialism, climate change, consumerism, and the need for collective change. So just in that, you get everything you need to know about the book. I feel like you know it's going to be kind of a punch in the gut. And that's the way that Aja Barber delivers information. She is personally one of my favorite fashion educators that I have found or that I've learned from and that I've had the pleasure of speaking with on this show, but she is someone who is deeply, deeply educated and no nonsense. And that's the way the book is written. There is something really raw about the way that she talks about the injustices that exist within consumer industries. Within the fashion space, particularly Aja Barber discusses things like racism, wealth inequality, slavery, and how very oppressive systems have allowed the fashion industry to thrive in the way that we know it today, in the destructive, wasteful, negatively impacting the climate way that we know it today. The book closes in the second half, maybe the last third or so with how we spend our money and who is actually profiting from those dollars that we as consumers are spending on the fashion industry. I would say that this is a book for anyone who's marginally interested in slow fashion or sustainable fashion. If you are thinking just simply about buying secondhand, but you wanna know more about the industry, the problems, the actual need for a sustainable fashion movement, This is a book that will kind of slap you in the face with all of the intersections that you've been wondering about. This is a really detailed, deep, well-researched, and no-nonsense way to discuss the need for very serious overhauling change in the fashion industry. Now onto the memoir category, my personal favorite sub-genre of nonfiction. The first memoir that I would recommend if you're interested in environmental themes is another cult classic, Wild by Cheryl Strayed. Wild is the story of a woman who gets divorced and then travels the Pacific Crest Trail. If you're not familiar with the Pacific Crest Trail or the PCT, it's a trail that starts in the Mojave Desert and then goes up through Washington State. We call it a through hike when people hike the whole thing. It takes months and months to hike the whole thing. On the East Coast, you have the Appalachian Trail, the AT, and this is the West Coast equivalent. Cheryl Strayed is a real woman. Again, this is a memoir, so it's a true story that she's telling. She decides to hike the PCT again after a divorce, like I mentioned. Her mother passes away. There's just a lot of things in her life that are kind of in turmoil, and she feels like she needs a change. And I feel like what makes her particular experience hiking the PCT so impactful is that she had no experience. She wasn't a hiker. And she really tells the story with a lot of suspense. Like it's very conversational, it's engrossing, it's interesting, and it's quite powerful. Again, she's hiking alone for months at a time along the continental US and has never done anything even remotely close to that before. So it's a crazy experience for her. It's a really engrossing story to read. I feel like this would also be really good as an audiobook if you're an audiobook girly. And another fun thing you can do after you read this book, is that there was a movie made out of it starring Reese Witherspoon. I feel like that would be such a fun little treat to read the book and then watch the Reese Witherspoon movie. Whether or not you're a hiker, I feel like this is a really interesting kind of subculture of environmentalists in general through hikers that are really hardcore that just have really interesting specific experiences. And again, it's something that tons of people do every single year but told through the lens of someone who has no concept of this culture or these experiences beforehand is really exciting and really engrossing. Next memoir I'm recommending is a little controversial, dare I say, I think people either love this book or hate this book. It's called The No Impact Man by Colin Beaven. I really enjoyed this book and this was a book that I read right when I started my environmental experience and has stuck with me for years. I refer to it a lot, and actually I'll give you a little sneak. I talk about it in next week's episode in a conversation with my friend Megan McSherry. The No Impact Man is the story of a man, obviously, living in New York City, and he is trying to have absolutely no impact on the planet for an entire year. So the memoir is kind of a reflection of his inner brain, of his decisions, of how he's learning more about the impact that he has as an individual, And there are really shocking things that he has to do in order to truly have no impact. I feel like this book is a really great reflection of the kind of manic nature that you can experience when you start getting into sustainable living, of truly wanting to do your best, of acquiring no plastic, of having absolutely no emissions, of just doing every little thing that you can. It's definitely not a realistic way to live, but it's a fascinating social experiment that, again, reading it stuck with me for a really long time because it had me thinking more deeply about not just the choices I made and what I truly mean when I say zero emissions or zero waste or zero plastic or anything like that. But it also gave me a lot of peace to say, you know, I'm gonna give myself some grace and I am going to create some impact no matter what during my environmentalist journey and I am totally okay with that. So again, really great reflection, really fascinating book, but there's also definitely an element of like preaching to the choir. So if you're someone who's already really deep into the movement, I could see this being frustrating. But if you're new to the sustainability movement, I think this is really eye-opening and a really great place to start. Again, giving yourself some grace and some boundaries on what you're going to force yourself to care about, so to speak. A memoir I'm going to recommend that I have not heard anyone recommend previously, I really haven't heard people ever talk about this book, is called The Evolution of a Corporate Idealist by Christine Bader. Christine Bader is someone that I really respect in the environmental industry. She is a great facilitator. She's worked with a number of nonprofits, a true idealist in the environmental space. This memoir was her reflection on her time at BP. So she was a young, fresh out of college girl who went to work for BP. And there was a lot of really interesting narratives and rhetoric around climate change while she was working there. And she had this really difficult experience kind of rationalizing what she was doing versus the words that she was being told and those narratives that were being spun by her company in the media and even within meetings. And then externally in the news, she is learning of the Rana Plaza factory collapse, which was a garment factory in Bangladesh that collapsed and killed more than 1,100 people. The anniversary of the Rana Plaza collapse, side note, is something that a lot of sustainable fashion nonprofits will acknowledge every year as a reason why we are advocating so much for garment worker safety. So it's something that is still very impactful within the industry. But going back to Christine Bader, also at this time, again, she's working for BP, the Rana Plaza collapse, the Deepwater Horizon explosion was also happening, and there were also really serious labor abuses happening within Foxconn, so it was interesting for her to rationalize, again, what she believed were values that she was working towards on an individual level when it came to fighting climate change, but also where she was working, what was going on in the world. And the underlying message is that of corporate idealists, this concept that there are people that are working in some of the biggest, perhaps what we would call the baddest companies when it comes to climate impact that are still good people that are still working towards moral and ethical well-being for that company, for the world at large. So really interesting, again, Disconnect, it's definitely a book of stream of consciousness and it gave me a lot of sympathy and a lot of perspective that again, there are good people in bad companies. Now, the last two memoirs that I'm going to recommend really don't have environmental themes on the forefront, but they're more about activism and they're celebrity memoirs that I absolutely ate up. So first I have to mention Pamela Anderson's memoir, Love, Pamela. This came out just a few months ago. It came out the same week as her Netflix documentary, which I also very highly recommend. But Pamela Anderson's memoir is an interesting kind of poetic memoir, if that makes sense. So it's like half poetry, half reflections on moments in her life. It is not nearly as detailed in some instances as you'd expect it to be for Pamela Anderson, because I feel like there are some stories that have already been told or that were covered in the Netflix doc. And she spent a lot of time talking about her activism, which is why I'm recommending it today. So Pamela Anderson is a longtime PETA advocate. She is a vegan. She has always done a lot of animal advocacy work. And she speaks very deeply about how she made that activism a priority to her during her career and how she really allowed her celebrity to be used and a little bit abused in order for her to bring money and awareness to these really important causes that she felt so passionately about. So she talks about her work as an animal activist, as a vegan. She also talks about tending to her farm and the connections that she has with nature on Vancouver Island, where she lives and where she grew up. So really interesting kind of journey of an environmentalist from a celebrity that you may not expect. But in her memoir, she does spend a lot of time talking about these environmental and activist messages that I thought were just so, so beautiful. And lastly, I'm going to recommend the memoir of Jane Fonda. It's called My Life So Far. This book was published in 2006, so I would love to see an update from Jane Fonda, the climate icon that we know today, the activist icon that we know today, just in reflection to some of the current work that she has. But regardless of it being published in 2006, Jane Fonda is a longtime activist. I feel like she's kind of the OG celebrity activist. Like, if you say celebrity activist, I'm saying Jane Fonda. The story starts, of course, with her childhood and the challenges she had at home. And then it goes into the early days in her career, what it meant to suddenly be a star, suddenly be an elite person in Hollywood, and how she really lent that celebrity, again, to activist efforts. A major theme in her activism starting off was civil rights. She discusses meeting the daughters of Martin Luther King. There's FBI files on her. She talks also about her anti-war activism. And there's just so many different kinds of activism that she's involved in. She's someone who just has historically lent her celebrity to major causes and been a really vocal voice. I mean, we see it now, especially with her work on Fire Drill Fridays. She now has a new pack. she has been very, very vocal about oil drilling and the impact of fossil fuels. This is just Jane Fonda's thing. So I feel like to better understand her activism today, why she's so willing to get arrested, why she's so willing to speak out, This is a really incredible primer, and I will also say because she's Jane Fonda, because it's a memoir, there's a lot of gossipy parts of this book, so relationships and marriages and what she meant for the fitness craze of the 80s and everything of the sort, but I think her activism is a really important, notable part of the memoir as well. That's it from me today. We covered a lot of books. If you enjoyed this episode or this style of episode, just describing books and talking about books, please do let me know. I feel like I have so many more recommendations and I would love to do this again. We can do them for subcategories, like we could just do fashion books or we could just do food books or something like that. I would also love to bring back the book club episodes where I read a book with a friend in the industry or a content friend or someone, and then we discuss the book for an episode. I will say that book club episodes are a little challenging logistically, just to make sure that we read it in time and we share the book in time and making sure that everything's on schedule and whoever I'm reading with is also ready to go. So they're a little bit challenging for me logistically, but I really, really love those episodes and I'd love to find a format to bring them back. So if you have any ideas on how we can do more book club episodes, please do let me know. And again, if you like these listicle type episodes, let me know too, because I would love to do more of these. So with that, I hope you have a really, really fabulous day. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy EcoSheek, make sure that you're subscribed wherever you're listening today. So that's Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you're listening today. So you never miss an episode. All of my social links are always down below. So if you have some ideas, go ahead and reach out to me. My email is down there too. And with that, I hope you have a really great rest of your day and I will talk to you next week. Bye.